0: Kristen. I'm a social self pres
1: 9 9wing1, 963. Hi, I'm Kaisa. I'm a sexual social 9wing8 with 3 and 5 fixes. Hi,
2: I'm Sammy. I'm a self pres social 9wing1 with 5wing4 four and 4wing3 four fixes.
1: Well, are we talking about um, triangulation today?
0: Yeah, it's your day, Kaisa.
1: <laughs> yeah, Sammy
0: and I are going to be the ones that don't say anything.
2: <laughs> well, um, um out of I was character thinking for me, but <laughs> sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, very, um, did ahead. you, Christian, want to say something about um, the what Marion Woodman said about the divine child, or or? Oh, and just like the general. Yeah, the general
0: gist of it, too. I'll do my spiel and then take it away. Okay. Um, Why we're talking about triangulation in dreams. um, I think this goes along with to like, the cheating dreams. So basically, like, where we're coming from is that, like, in the sexual instinct there's some kind of polarity so like if we want to go with our like authentic sense of sexuality then there is a polarity to that authentic sense of sexuality if you're at the authentic part and anytime there's like a polarity there's like a third element that can exist when those polarities Mm -hmm. like create some kind of union after separating and joining and separating and joining there's also like you know a third element so the triangle represents that you know like there's two sides back and forth and back forth and then ascended is is a point that becomes the third so in dreams um i think this is going to come up a lot in like a like very popular is cheating dreams um So, like, if you're already in a partnership with people, someone, (laughs) another person, and, like, someone else comes in, you know, either, like, their ex-lover or your ex or a crush or something, um, you know, I don't think I have to describe a cheating dream. I feel like a lot of people have probably had that. (laughs) Um, But then also, too, we've noticed that in dreams... It can be like lots of different things like, you know, people standing by, a person you live with, a parent, you know, that kind of thing. I've just noticed even in my dreams, like if I have a potential love interest or something, there's always another thing present, usually person present. Um, So that's also where the idea of the child comes in. The child like is a literal representation of the third. Um, But the way that I like to like think of it or or the way i've experienced it too is like um the third element can be very like transcendent like it can be connected to a person in more of a like non-verbal non um bodied realm or something like i don't know if I'm pretty sure they've talked about this a lot before with the sexual instinct on over on big hormone. Yeah, immigrant. I think
1: the triangulation is mentioned in the context of sexual instinct, but like, yeah, um, we can really get into what it kind of means in, in the context of the psyche. And I actually had some dreams about it too that, um, really like alluded at what's going on. So, right. i can just i can can start blessing about it (laughs) (laughs) was that enough juice for you to go now (laughs) um yeah uh i i hope so (laughs) okay so yeah so um in, in the realm of the psyche and archetype uh when in this realm like one plus one is not two but it's three because there eventually becomes the relationship between the two that represents the third thing and um that's like what Gurdjieff talks about as the reconciling force. And it's the path where the two become one again. It's where they, the third force represents a certain union. And this kind of uh, creates this pattern of like separation uni- and union, just like you talked about. And in some Native American languages, three actually means center of the one for this reason. And... The etymology of the word three, it's related to words through uh, and threshold and the prefix trans, meaning across or penetrate. So this is like a whole archetypal pattern going on, um, as well as in our like relational dynamics. Um, so yeah, the triad, triad takes us over a threshold and past the polarized limits of the duad. and it enables these kind of cyclic processes like beginning peak and past present future three dimensional reality the holy trinity maiden mother crone and uh, all that kind of stuff and i really go into the five five fix <laughs> <laughs> realm here um so Carl Jung says that uh, every tension of opposites culminates in a release, out of which comes the third. And third, the tension tension is resolved and the lost unity is restored. And within an individual's psyche, there exist the opposing elements like conscious and unconscious aspects, masculine and feminine, rational and irrational, uh, and like many Archetypal forces and whatever. Um, so these kind of lead into inner inner conflicts and confusion a lot of times, and um, they can result into a lot of like conf- conflicts and hurt and painful stuff. And when from these opposing forces, a new perspective arises. Jung refers to it as the third, like the transcendent function, as you said. And uh, it's a sort of a synthesis uh, where, for example, combining the conscious and unconscious elements, there becomes the third perspective, which is like the integrated, integrated element. And that's um, when the individual works through the tension, a new and more authentic sense of self emerges, which is like I believe Jung refers to as the self with with the capital S. So triangulation here is an attempt to achieve wholeness, this kind of self, through playing out these patterns of tension and reconciling unconsciously by doing the separating and reuniting dance thing. And when individuals are not able to hold the tension or resolve the inner inner conflict, they unconsciously seek to create situations that replicate these dynamics with others and may find themselves in roles where they become like a conduit for, for these tensions. And this in sexual types and in others as well manifests as uh jealousy, competition, or some those the dynamics, or like a desire for a particular kind of nurturing or authority figure. And sexual types especially are prone to like romantic triangles, where each party might stay in a triangular situation voluntarily for a prolonged time, telling themselves that the situation is like okay. And they are like very ambiguous and fluid situations. So going back to the object relational dynamics, um, mother is initially the primary caregiver and the infant world's world kind of revolves around her and uh, the infant doesn't uh, experience themselves separate from the mom. So the mom also represents the infant's sense of self, and when father enters this dyadic relationship, um, that point represents a sense of like realization uh, where the mother doesn't represent the self sense of self anymore in a way she used to, because she is her own person, apparently. And from that point on, we begin to feel a sense of lack and desire and that is that is the root of the triangular pattern. Um, and from that pattern emerges a wish to re-merge uh, with the mother, but also separate from her um, to become an individuated person. And there's a lot of confusion with wanting to merge and separate. And this is also what Uh, John Lokovich talks about in his book. So we are kind of diving deeper into the rapprochement thing that he's talking about. Uh, Yeah, I believe this is called the rapprochement in developmental psychology or something. Um, So the intimate relationships that we have within the context of sexual instinct um, for everyone, they are the kind of relationships where represent the kind of closest union that we can have with the mother. So, this is why the triangular dynamic also is repeated here. And... Okay, let me take a breath. I'm like... (laughs) blasting way too intensely. (laughs) Okay. Not intense enough. Go faster! (laughs) So... So, um, in, in sexual competition, it's kind of an echo of this dynamic where, um, we are competing against dad to get mom's attention or competing against mom to get dad's attention or imagining like a parent-child relationship where we can, uh, take the role of like both of them. Um, and this is like, This is like very fluid, so I think the pattern kind of changes. It's like oscillating between the involved people. And so sexual types don't have these polarized aspects differentiated. So we set up these roles and play them out in interaction with others, where one, one object can represent desire and the other object to repulsion aspect. So, uh, sexual types don't really have this kind of maintained sense of self. And there, there is a certain reluctancy to, uh, grow up, so to speak. So the libidinal force is stuck or not actually actualized because, um, they Project their only libidinal force to the object of desire. They are not kind of owning it. Um, so, in in a triangular dynamic, when we project both polarities to external objects, we bec- we can become the conduit for the tension, like that we are not able to hold independently, and that's how we are able to feel the libidinal force and the strong charge of the libidinal energy. And that's also how we kind of try to embody the transcendent, the third function, uh, by putting the (laughs) um, poles out there so that we can feel the transcendent function within us when we are not able to go there just independently by ourselves. And That happens with the parental complexes, the masculine and feminine uh, object of desire and repulsion. And um, we can then become the space where the tension is resolved or amplified by playing out these dynamics. What do you think about that? (laughs) All right. And thanks for coming. (laughs) Yeah. um, Okay. I have a... I have this personal story. I first thought that like, uh, I I could do it anonymously or not share it because it's like it's a weird, weird and dumb story. But (laughs) I already talked about it in in um, the pod episode I did with Josh, so everyone would know Um. it's me. So like, whatever. I feel it's like gross, but during these past months, I've gotten used to it. So. I don't know, I don't, just... I don't
0: think it's that gross. Like I think it's exactly like what we're talking about and dream material and whatever. I don't think it's that like bad yes. at all. <laughs> okay. I think it's pretty normal. I think people would probably like relate to it
1: in a, yeah, a lot of I, people. I, I hope so. <laughs> so uh there was one time this very destructive triangle drama that went on for a couple of years, and it was with a guy, um He's sexual social uh triple assertive and a girl who is social self-pressed Stockholm 9 and um like when I first met him I was under the impression that he wanted to have a re- relationship with me but it, it kind of became clear that uh he was entertaining many relationships and so when I found out I was like helplessly in in love so to speak and so was everyone else so it it just kept going on and anyway it was like um this is a small town so even if we split up we were running into each other and then it just begins and reignites but uh oftentimes we had the talk where we would uh, agree that okay we are just friends now but then that became like an excuse to reenact the whole um, moving towards again and so it culminated in a ski trip with a friend group and um, I I shared the room with the girl actually because the guy didn't want to commit to either one of us so that was like that was so weird that i didn't even know how to react so uh we just <laughs> went went with it um anyway when we went to downhill skiing um i kind of took pride that i was better at it than the other girl and but it actually didn't work for my advantage because um she was like um an amateur so he gave all of her all of his attention to helping her to like being in like in physical contact with her helping her and um i i was very pissed about it because it seemed like okay she's the the she's the child now in this triangular dynamic and i was then the kind of parent and that wasn't right <laughs> um, so <laughs> I I went to this jump ramp that I didn't know necessarily if I could handle it and surprise surprise I broke my arm and I had never broken a bone before and it didn't hurt at all um, I just remember thinking that ah oh, I'm pretty sure I broke something Which is like a very flat line response. (laughs) But, well, eventually a friend notified me that my hand really looked like a potato. So I went to a doctor and it was broken. And the guy was proud of me for not crying, even when I hurt myself. And so that's when I became the ideal child, the like, (laughs) the good, good child, the good girl. And like, that's also the kind of, uh, anima projection that i've absorbed like mm-hmm. to be an anima woman who is like not weak not emotional only like mysterious and sexy like this kind of empty shell whatever thing mm-hmm. um and after he said that then it started hurting so <laughs> it's <laughs> as if i was unconsciously waiting for him to say it or something wow <laughs> that's crazy um, wow and uh, yeah everyone was apparent for me then because I couldn't do anything. Uh, it was my right hand. I'm right-handed. I couldn't do anything. Uh, I couldn't dress myself. I couldn't take food. So everyone was like a parent for me. So I disassembled myself to be the child <laughs> in this dynamic. Like, can you fucking believe? <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, that's, a really, that's a really, really good example. It's not a dumb story. It's actually, that's very insightful and enlightening mm-hmm. into the dynamic and how it shifted and then like mm-hmm. the, the jealousy and all of that so that's that's really good
1: yeah it's very good and illustrative but it also feels like psychopathic in a way yeah like <laughs> kind of shit you do to get someone's attention I mean we've all been there just in yeah. different scenarios so it's yeah you know okay so story continues so uh then one one evening we went to see fireworks except for the girl because she stayed stayed and cooked uh for the guy while we were watching the fireworks so she kind of missed it um and when we got back the guy served me a portion of the food that she had cooked so they were now the parents and I was the child <laughs>
0: I just, okay. I just want to point out too, like, fuck guys like this. All right. <laughs> just fuck I guys know. like this. Can you imagine? Like, I look at back at some of the things that, you know, I've done equally as stupid or okay. whatever. And he's it's just like, like why he's why the the same I, <laughs> yeah, like, why the <laughs> fuck did I do that? Like, it's, it, you really do feel like insane. Like, the, the fucking dumbass guy who's probably just being a dick. I know.
1: I know. It's like, this is so weird that I was in a situation like that, but this this was many years ago. Yeah, like, yeah,
0: no, that's no, and that's why I say I think of my own experiences, and I'm like, why the fuck were like two girls fighting over this fucking dumbass dude <laughs> that did not deserve two girls to fight over him?
1: No, I know, I know, I know. too. <laughs> but I mean, because we were on a trip in a cabin, it's like, well, you're kind of stuck there. It's like one thousand kilometers to home, so it's not like you can get away. Yeah. Yeah. So like yeah. So that's how I sacrificed myself press to to <laughs> lay out my <laughs> mother <laughs> um, so so <clears throat> I at one point I expressed how much I hated seeing the girl being like subservient like that. It was like repulsive to me and one person responded by saying that it hurts me because i'm exactly like her which Mm -hmm. was true but it made me so enraged (laughs) Mm -hmm. shadow Um, yep there's the social shadow and the sexual Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that that's kind of represents a thing when i'm like okay let's talk about the infant for a second so Um, there's an union with the mother, mother represents the sense of self and then the father enters and while that's kind of the beginning where we start to feel the sense of lack and the desire it's also a point of individuation when when you become your own person and that's um, the dynamic that sexual types are trying to play out with this triangular ty- dynamics, like <clears throat> they are attempting to establish the sense of I with the, within the dynamic that they are not able to establish on them by themselves. So <clears throat> probably all of us in the triangle were trying to do that that thing in our own way. Um, and there, there's like, there was a whole lot of libidinal charge in the situation. And yeah, the one object there represents like union, attraction, desire, and, and the other one is the separation, repulsion, lack. And these are the kind of opposing forces that <clears throat> we want to resolve in those situations. Yeah, and that's that's why we are talking about um individuation and developing the sense of I in the context of the sexual instincts. And the stronger we try to play out this dynamic with others the stronger we try to individuate but it's like obvious how taken by the complexes we are so <clears throat> we we want to resolve these complexes break free from the complexes so that the libidinal charge is ours because it's still owned by the parental complexes we want to become the owner of our own libidinal, libidinal Um, life force energy and sexual energy and uh, I was thinking about this whole event like like what the fuck was going on with that and so I kept having dreams then when I had an affair with a with a guy who was in that dream dating my friend and uh, she was a type twin of my mother then I had another dream where I Made out with the like a uh, crust that I had uh, as a teenager who was like a regular animus character for me. And I displayed our connection to my mom. So that was, there was a whole lot of like <laughs> mom <laughs> going on in <laughs> my dreams. And I was trying to separate from her. I was trying to make it point look, here's my libidin energy. It's my own, it's it's not yours. That's what I was trying to do. I was trying to resolve that um, with the triangular dynamic. And um, when there is a unity, in that state of unity, there is no polarity. It's like void of the pulling towards movement. And uh, sexual types need to reestablish that. Polarity there. So that's often when we kind of, we might invite a third party, like it might be an imaginary third party, like we, uh, it might be some kind of jealousy drama that has no actual root in reality. But it's a way to like play this dynamic out when we have merged with the other. And now it's like, okay, well, now we need to separate and establish a sense of self to feel the polarity again so we make up the third party we it becomes represented somewhere else when we are not able to kind of hold that within ourselves and that's also what happens in a family situation when mother and father become the same and then uh, the child becomes representation of their uh, life force of their libidinal energy and the parent, parents project their inner sense of polarity to the child and that's how the child absorbs the parent's anima or animus. And that's like, <clears throat> this This is like very Freudian shit but that's <laughs> apparently what's going on. And the cycle repeats. <laughs> yep. And then the child is like trying to own daily beating energy because it's like it. It feels like the parental complexes own the child's libido energy. Mm-hmm. It's not theirs, and then they have to work on
0: getting rid of their parental um, mm. projections.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ew. <laughs> I know. Um, this is a this is an interesting like correlation to atomic bonds in a way because when two atoms. When we talk about like nerd chemistry, (laughs) (laughs) Um, there is a polarity, and they they unite. And when they share an electron, instead of having holding onto their own, they can they can release one of their own. Um, They can omit the energy that is released in the chemical bond, and. That released energy becomes the third force that needs to be then represented somewhere. Mm. That's an interesting thing that happens the same way in in our human dynamics. Mm -hmm. And so, and this is also why we talk about self-expression with the sexual instinct, because the energy wants to move somewhere and self-expression is a great way to do that. And Mm. Um, also the kind of inner work or dreams serve this kind of compensatory function uh, because here we attempt to balance the conscious mind's one-sided perspective by bringing the unconscious elements to awareness. So there we can find the kind of third transcendent function. And the inner inner work is a great way to have this third perspective without trying to play it out with your um people who you care about and who you are gonna hurt if you Mm -hmm. keep playing out these dynamics and um about the cheating dreams uh uh it reminded reminded me of this video that i saw from esther perel where she notes that individuals who cheat are Not necessarily trying to escape their partner, but the person they have become in the relationship. And an affair is an attempt to reconnect with the parts of the self that have been neglected or suppressed. And it reflects the desire for a fresh start. The integration of suppressed desires and the exploration of one's personal potential. So... That's definitely what the dreams of cheating are are trying to represent. They are inviting us to look um, what parts of ourselves we are not not owning, where we could, like, grow. And in in the affair, there is a tension, because the existing relationship um, is representing the sameness. And the affair, that's the kind of newness or a new kind of, like, force or tension and when this is actually an inner tension when you are not able to assimilate the already existing and the new potential of yours so you need to play it out with with um this kind of triangulation and this is if you dream about cheating it's like inviting you to like integrate that part of yourself that the affair would um kind of yeah cultivate yes (laughs) yeah that's that's about it wow that was a good blast (laughs) (laughs)
0: finally (laughs) yeah gosh i was like thinking the whole time i'm like man there's you know i could comment on that and i could comment on that but i just wanted to hear you
1: keep blasting before i said okay (laughs) now you can comment on it okay
0: um well uh well
1: sammy how do you
0: feel about all of this i want want to hear what your perspective is before i
1: go on
2: honestly the stuff about like uh uh the stuff that kaiza was talking about before with like the triangular triangulation stuff with like the, the mother and father dynamics playing out especially in the story she told how know as the story went along how it finally ended where the both the crush and the girl were like playing the mother and father uh that made me realize a lot about how the dynamics shift around a lot i think maybe this is a sexual blind thing or something else related to my type but it's it's so easy for me to look at these dynamics as being so static and non-movable in a lot of ways that when I see the way the complexes play out in the way she described, I was like, Oh my gosh, that is what's happening. So Mm -hmm. I don't have like the good words for it right now. Maybe after you talk more about it, I'll have more to say, but the, the parental dynamics, uh, within the context of all of this have been difficult for me to understand, but it's clicking more so now hearing that story. Um, so that's that's where I'm at right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Wow.
0: I I think that's what's like. This is such a large topic, and it's so different for so many, like different people. I know I say that a lot with sexual instinct stuff, but it's true. <laughs> like, I think that the patterns are there for everyone, but the, like how it plays out can be very different to like what the person really needs in the time of like having that dream and stuff like that like I think of like you know um nines might have a lot of like cheating dreams or a third element being in a dream or something like that um like competing in that way because nines like really need to take up their own space and so like what happens when like we can only take up our space once we feel as if someone's seeing us. Does that make sense?
1: Mm, So it's like
0: that aspect comes in as well to this kind of triangulation thing. Um, And I mean, like nine's just the easiest for me to think about because it's (laughs) mine and I can think about that a lot. But I feel like other types would probably have other things. Like I think of maybe like threes might have more of a competition thing going on because of some kind of, like, validation of their own value and stuff like this. Like, I think there's going to be a lot of, like, different ways the triangulation can kind of come out. But basically at, like, the the core of it, what I've kind of understood is that, like, when you work more on your own sense of yourself and that I... Um, whether you're in a relationship or not like that type of third element does become more apparent like if you're on your own the third element is like a very spiritual element like it's a very like it's a connection to something that is sort of like hovering above everything else and so maybe a cheating dream could be like that you're not as dedicated to that part of yourself and you're constantly more, um, preoccupied with, like, egoic things every day. So this third element could just be something that, like, you're neglecting. And, like, that would be a parental kind of thing. Like, when we grow up, we neglect lots of parts of ourself in order to figure out where we are in the world and, and stuff like that, um... And if you're in like a relationship with someone, I think the third element becomes a lot more interesting than just, oh, I wonder if my partner's cheating on me or like (laughs) like jealousy or whatever. Like when you're working on that authentic part of yourself, like the third element feels kind of like I like like I know this person in a different space. Like, you know, you'll I think no matter what, you'll probably dream about each other. So then the, you know, dream synchronicities can start to happen and like start to offer a third way of interacting with each other and like different other different kinds of synchronicities and kind of like too just being more in touch with yourself and it develops a better sense of trust. So there's like not that much of a need for drama because you're not using each other for getting that need met of the parental triangulation dynamic like you're using each other as completely separate people but also merged on almost like a different plane do you know does that make sense um Mm -hmm. so I think it's kind of like establishing that complete separateness like so in yourself establishing the separateness of like you know, the masculine principles and the feminine principles. So when you're coming into a relationship, and even if it's not like a sexual relationship, even it's just a friendship or like very close relationships, you come as a separate thing from that person. So you can actually admire that person and their entire being instead of admiring that person for the part of you that you lack, essentially. Um, so I think that's going to come up in triangulation dreams too, is like, what is this person representing that I'm lacking? And then how is this third element just kind of like continuing this cycle? Um, yeah. Cause I mean, I've noticed the third element in my dreams occasionally too. And it is just like, I think it's interesting, especially to play along, well, play with like the energetic fields of the dream rather than just this person like okay there's that person but also like what energy that kind of like in between space like what energy is coming from me with this person versus what is the energy coming from me from that other person and then like continuing that okay what's If I'm in the shoes of that other person, because it is an aspect of me anyway, it's in a dream, what energy is coming from them that's being, like, triggered by me? And, like, playing with the energetic field of the triangle can also help open up of, like, where you're stuck in your pattern that continues the triangle, like getting into a more abstract space is that like third space itself so even entering in the third space yourself i don't know like how meta this is getting but like
1: well entering actually in that third space um yeah this is why us humans actually started to develop differently from animals because uh we started developing the kind of social (coughs) cognition and we were able to uh simulate things outside of our immediate environment and we were able to see the third perspective see something from someone else's perspective and this was the key to to our like current <clears throat> state of con- cognition mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. then yeah and that's why i think too like one of the main great things of dream work is being able to take ourselves out of Our own perspective, like the ego wants to keep things in the same place. Like for example, Sammy, with your dreams, I know both you and I have like trouble with like certain figures, and you get so into like the feeling, like of oh my god, this is like the same obsessive feeling about this person that I've always had, and blah, blah blah. Like if you were, if you had a dream that you know either you recently had or in the past, whatever, that you put yourself in the high school crushes position like maybe an embodiment practice active imagination something like that like what does the energy feel like to them because that is also a part of you you know and so then like what what would they do with that kind of energy and like where are they trying to go if they did something in the dream then maybe it can help to get into their perspective of why they made that choice or something like that Like, maybe they want something from you that your, like, current ego is unaware of. And Mm -hmm. so, like, offering that third element to kind of, like, be in a more liminal space can sort of help, like, in understanding that sense of I and what you actually are trying to get, like, what the ego is trying to get, and then what the actual sense of I really wants to express.
2: Mm, That's really good. So it would be kind of like um, viewing my energy from the projections perspective. Is that what? Yeah, yeah. Like any think?
0: any kind. Like just to play around with it in general. Like to not identify so heavily with the way you, the dream ego, felt in the dream, but to mm-hmm. start entering from the positions of the other characters. Um, and how they're interpreting your energy or what their energy is towards you or something like that like I I know one of the yeah like one of the biggest things when I started having a lot of cheating dreams well it wasn't even really cheating when I um, had my breakup like I had a lot of like social shadow kind of dreams where it was like my ex-partner's uh, new partner so it was like a lot of like at the time it was like several months of this kind of weird dynamic where like I didn't quite belong to anyone in dreams and like even if it wasn't my partner well ex-partner it would be like you know some I'd, I'd be in like a shady romantic relationship with someone that was taken already and I was like in the dream I was like oh my god you know does their does their girlfriend or boyfriend like do they know about this like because here we are together and that's you know it was like kind of like a like I didn't belong to any one person um and there was always another third person whether they're there or they're like they're known about um like they're in awareness somewhere and so there was this kind of like shifty third thing going on that like I was not Like really being able to enter in through the perspective of um, someone that didn't know what was going on and like all that. I don't know, like I really had to flip around to each perspective to understand like what, why I kept having this in my dreams of like, I'm, it's almost like it, it was a whole commentary of like, what am I actually being committed to right now? Which would make sense because I mean, when my my last relationship like left me in a very strange place where I was just like what the fuck am I doing <laughs> and like I had all this space freed up of like not being able like not having to or feeling I guess like not putting the pressure on myself to commit to a person and then therefore like live through them it's like now I was really asked to live through myself which is a very social nine fucking thing to, (laughs) I think, attachment type thing. But like, you know, I didn't have to live through what they wanted to do and what they wanted out of me and like stuff like, do you know what I'm saying? So now it was like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in my psyche, it's like, well, then where do I, who do I belong to? Because I kept trying to make the triangulation in like in my mind of just, I don't know, just through daily things. Like I can only really exist in the space that this person used to see me in um so it was kind of like now I have to establish a whole new way of existing in myself without considering what another person would see in me um which is a lot harder to do apparently (laughs) than it sounds Mm. um but yeah, that's I, I noticed that was a big thing with mine is just then having to go in through the perspectives of just like, okay, this person, I'm in this person's shoes and they are taken. So then what do they want from me? Mm-hmm. Um, or now I'm in the person that's not in the dream and I'm in their awareness. And like, what would they do if they found out about this? And like stuff like that, like flipping around the triangle of. Where am I in each of this? And what's the common goal? like what is what is everyone here really doing? <laughs> and usually mm. it's always like they just want to fucking fulfill a need that is kind of clouded by a whole bunch of other shit. But
1: yeah, one thing to um like whenever there's this weird triangulation dynamics or in dreams, usually the other woman is some someone who I am definitely not someone whose, like, traits are some somehow in a very heightened way annoying or mm-hmm. something that I don't want to own in myself. And so then the guy or in the dreams kind of animus figure would be some kind of weird connecting point. Mm-hmm. That's very true, and yeah. I, yeah, I'm not exactly sure what does it mean, but, like, the other, other, or... I was about to say, the other feels very other. <laughs> that now it right. makes sense. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Okay, I get it now. <laughs> well,
0: no, that would make sense, because, like, I mean... I think especially if it's, like, a current partner and that's going on, they're, like, representing kind of the union that you're able to come into contact with that other, that, uh, like, you know, the shadow almost. So if, like, you know, you actually do merge through it, then you can actually, like, own and integrate your own shadow. Um, Mm. But in the dream, it's usually representing how you've pushed it out. So using your partner or whoever the love interest is um could be a way to bring it back like own it yourself because technically in the dream your partner is also interested in this other person so there is an aspect of you that they are interested in that is being represented through this like you know other person does that make sense mm-hmm. it does
1: and that's a part of you that is like it's a part of you that's that you kind of find repulsive and you don't want to own it Mm -hmm. it's it's typically some like there's a lot of repulsion going on there Mm -hmm.
0: but through that repulsion
1: something
0: inside you is attracted to it (laughs) yep
1: yeah yeah um, I find it's. it's oh. Go ahead. Well, I was I was saying how like this attraction and repulsion is like severely severely limiting sexual types, because they are not able to own that part of, parts of themselves outside that like narrow scope. They are not able to interact really outside that scope or move anywhere outside. So like they are missing a whole lot. Hmm. i think too um
0: i'll have i i think we should also expand on this in like one of the next parts for anima and animus um because there are certain things that i've been noticing with like that kind of relationship like sometimes cheating and um this triangulation like this triangle dynamic like another third thing is present and witnessing and watching or whatever like this also creates an incredibly like charged uh part in the psyche and i think you mentioned that kaisa it's like Mm -hmm. that's like a lot of dynamism lives there and to be connected to the anima or animus like there needs to be that dynamism it needs to be like you know we've mentioned it quite a few times in other episodes like jarring to the ego so you know you think of like the typical like person wakes up and they look at their partner and they're like why the fuck do you cheat on me and you're <laughs> you know and they're like well that was a, it was a dream <laughs> like i didn't actually do it like you get this like char- it's a charge like it is you know real somewhere um but the energy's not being directed into the right place so it's being directed into the partner and you know continuing the triangulation dynamic um and it's not actually cultivating that third force where that real dynamism of knowing the self mm-hmm. capital s like that type of relationship and then how like what that means in real like partnerships or friendships or life in general like your life force wants to be connected to but you're too busy worried about your fucking cheating ass boyfriend or something <laughs> just kidding but um i think that would be interesting to to talk about in um another installment of the anima animus mm-hmm. um yeah
1: what are we thinking I mean, it's been well,
0: like
1: a... i I'm just thinking I would be so ready to move on from these fucking triangulation <laughs> <laughs> I
0: I did notice like over the past two weeks, you're like, you've been into it. Mm. Why? Like, what? what do you think you're drawn to it because of just how much of a personal experience this is for you or like why do you think you've been so like
1: five fixed uh obsessed with it well because um I can combine combine my archetypal with with the corporeal reality in a way it's very tangible and because um well I'm anyway so preoccupied with sexual instinct dynamics that my mind is just there, kind of, automatically. And um, I guess it's especially uh, something about my stacking when when the sexual is combined with the social, like, relational dynamics. Oh, right. And so that's, like, a real interest. And, like, well, Esther... Peril, she's a sexual social too, so I, I get why she's into that kind of stuff. I'm not into yeah. cheating, but <laughs> <laughs> into the thinking about the dynamics. Um so so also I guess this is just so much answering to a lot of questions, like because it's always felt like there's something underlying these dynamics it's not just about the people but what what is it that everyone is trying to resolve here so mm-hmm. i was like really looking for for that kind of answer also and this is like an important step for me to solve find resolve to my whatever audible sexual instinct shit i have going on <laughs> i hope hmm so that I wouldn't have to, like, play these dynamics out anymore. You know, also, too, going back to, you know,
0: the whole idea of children, I think that could be one of the most, like, healing dreams of this Um. with, like, introducing that third element is, because we've been talking a lot about, like, people like partners or or just like mm. people our age, like you know, those types of but like even just to try like I don't know how many times I've heard people talk about dreams where like, yeah, I had a dream where like I had a baby. <laughs> and like, you know, I had this new baby that I that I have to take care of all of a sudden, like, you know, just showed up or whatever. And like I feel like that's a really healthy like you know, aspect of the third element that how you were saying, Kaisa, like the divine child. It's like you know, in reality, it's literal, but in our dreams, it's a very symbolic new element, like a a perspective previously unexplored is now in awareness, in conscious awareness, being mm-hmm. represented by this chil- child, because like babies and children represent
1: so much potential. Um, yeah, and it's it's saying that our libidinal force is actually ours, not right? our parental complexes. Mm-hmm. And okay. that's an, another um,
0: theme that I had for a while alongside of the dreams I was having with like not being in a relationship, but like somehow being in like some sort of weird triangle. I was having dreams of like watching people's kids that weren't mine, like mm-hmm. having to take care of children that were not my children. So it was a lot of like, you know, I have these quite a bit of just like, Why? I'm never having my own kids like I'm always just feeling responsible for someone else's and that's a that's a huge sign of like I am taking on responsibility that it, that is not mine like this third element is is not coming from me it's coming from some kind of parental dynamic or mm-hmm. or some kind of like projected sense of sexuality or sense of self or whatever um yeah.
1: I also want to highlight that the it- it's not necessarily in the triangular whatever thing it's not necessarily that you think they are your parents but it's like the feminine and masculine aspects and you mm-hmm. want to like have those represented in 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 some someone else like an object of desire and maybe not some kind of repulsive third party there that you are jealous about. So there is a sense that there is a feminine and masculine thing, and you want to be in the middle of that tension, that ultimate repulsion and attraction. Like that's a whole lot of like libidinal energy. Mm-hmm. And that's how you feel the union. But you should be cultivating that union within yourself and hold the tension, not, uh, project that stuff to others right Hmm.
0: have you noticed any dreams since you've been chewing on this that have helped i i honestly i hadn't seen if you updated your documents Um, or not like have you noticed shifts or or is it still working itself
1: out let's see um i think i think it's beginning to work itself out I, I had like I had so many triangulation dreams um <laughs> let me see if I because I wrote something from last night I don't remember it
0: I started I noticed mine were shifting pretty significantly
1: yeah I noticed too um yeah there there has been a shift first it was like just confusion and uh just being repulsed and feeling rejected and um so the focus was really on the dynamic that was happening on the dream like very like focused on the people and like oh my god i i hate that person but it has shifted into like me realizing that hey there's actually some of my own emotional stuff that i haven't resolved Mm -hmm. and some own individuation to do um so the shift was more into my like own emotions rather than the people I think in a way Mm -hmm.
0: yeah I've had some pretty interesting ones in the past um and I, I just had one recently where like I was the third element that one where the couples like I the couple showed up at my house I I found out that a couple was living in my house without me knowing.
1: Yeah. And yeah, we well, that's about- when you you wanted to be the, like, yeah, you wanted to be the shared element. You wanted to be the in love force that comes from the union of the two. Right. And the fact that it was like they were unknowingly there. So that's saying that there is there has been somewhere a hidden dynamic where it just played out that you that's has kind gone of unnoticed of you hmm hmm Right. Yeah,
0: there's something that, like, I'm not paying much attention to. And it felt, too, like, you know, at least in the dream, I was just like, oh, okay, yeah, sure, you can live here. But when I was writing it down, <laughs> it was like, they're kind of, like, just using me, too, because they had a car. <laughs> they, mm-hmm. they had a car, and it's just like, oh, okay, so, like, what kind of, like, polarities are, like, I don't know, also, like, using something about me or whatever an aspect it's of so me weird. yeah
1: actually once you mentioned that then i had a nap and i had a dream that there were two men living in my house <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> it was confusing i was a little bit scared of them what the fuck i, <laughs> I don't know um i was I was being very polite to them, (laughs) even though I was scared, because I was kind of scared they would hurt me or something. Nines being
0: pushovers, even in their fucking dreams.
1: Sure, I Uh, guess you Even in my own fucking house.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess you could just take up space, never mind that I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a big thing, too. Like I said, with nines, like not actually being able to like take up their space and you know what I had that dream too during like one of those weeks where like with like everybody I came into contact with I'm like oh should I message them or should I say this thing or should I do like I was over like guessing myself like not actually stepping into my space at all with anyone Mm -hmm. (laughs) so Mm -hmm. I mean that could that could be a thing too oh yeah sure you
2: can
1: you can be mm-hmm. here, never mind that I exist. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm sure like every, every uh, Enneagram type has their own dynamics, how they are reacting to this, having this kind of dynamic. They're rela- mm-hmm. relating, having a relational dynamic. It's very meta. <laughs> yep. I actually yeah, did an active imagination practice about that dream and I asked the guys that, like, what, what what are you doing here? And one of them started raking leaves on me. Just, just uh, raking the leaves so that the I was like, they were just falling on top of me. And then suddenly I was laying down, and he put some leaves on me in in a weird pattern, like this kind of. Um, orange ginger leaves and then he turned into a golden snake that was like hovering over me
2: (laughs) cool that is cool yeah oh my gosh
1: and weird (laughs) wow I wonder why the leaves though like that's I know me too and well because they were autumn leaves and I was kind of put in like laying down it's like I was covered in the sleeve, as if I was like hibernating it it felt like a snow white thing right it's it's also Mm kind of like you know because those
0: the leaves change that color because they're starting to decompose yeah so it's almost like you right like you needing to go through the decomposition process again (laughs) <laughs> <laughs>
1: over and over and over again. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah, I guess my dreams have been hinting that there's some emotional thing that I'm not letting go of. Yeah. I see. And it it could be too like
0: really returning back to like a primal place for that. Because I even think too of the like the deadness of autumn and a lot of the kind of, you know, the season around autumn is where the veil is thin mm. and you get in touch with ancestral roots and figures and all this other stuff. So it could too be that like needing to go into the the depths of like where these types of dynamics in your psyche are actually coming from.
1: Mm. Uh, yeah. And the snake felt like I was very distrustful of the of the men. But then, when one one of them turned into snake, I was I was really into that snake. A big big golden of snake with green eyes, very beautiful. I was very <laughs>
0: into it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that could then be too, like the archetypal like masculine like working through that archetypal masculine can allow you to soften to like masculinity
1: in life itself too do you know what i mean mhm yeah like, i guess i'm like uh somehow distrustful of my inner masculine
0: yeah cuz i mean the snake is i mean golden snake is a very feminine symbol so it's oh. almost like you mm-hmm. need it to be like the type of archetypal masculine that fits more into the feminine than like actual just masculine, if that mm. makes sense.
1: Yeah, the lower archetype mm-hmm. out of the masculine mm-hmm. archetypes.
2: Can you explain, explain more like how the golden snake is like a feminine symbol? I would have thought it would be like a masculine
0: symbol. Yeah, you I, would think snakes Snakes have been feminine um mm. mainly uh it's got a lot of like cosmic mother stuff like a lot of creation myths have snakes cosmic snakes that give birth to the universe sort of thing so Mm -hmm. snakes and they also have this very like divisive sneaky energy which is usually related to femininity because people thought that women were sneaky and (laughs) (laughs) divisive or deceitful and stuff like that like it's much more of a um fluid vibe and hidden like unconscious kind of vibe um i see also if you know kundalini the do you know about kundalini
2: i mean a little bit just like i've heard it in passing context but i don't know
0: um, like super well it's like it's very divine it's divine feminine work where like you awaken the snake at the coil of your spine um so it's a lot of like body movement and stuff like that that starts to awaken the snake which is kind of like the libidinal energy in that Mm -hmm. tradition so most yeah lots of snakes i mean like i'm sure there's probably masculine somewhere with snakes it's kind of like androgynous in general but Mm -hmm. for the most part if you trace like what snakes represent in in most cultures it will be some kind of feminine symbol.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes a lot of sense.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, i guess in that active imagination like the golden color is more like apollonian masculine type of thing. Mhm. Mm-hmm. I think Marion Woodman talks
0: about the golden snake though being a divine feminine like accessing divine like presence the Like, eternal now reveals the golden snake kind of thing.
1: Right. And that would be when a woman is connecting to her animus. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm, That eternal now. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Interesting. (laughs) Why is that interesting? (laughs) Well, because uh, it, it seems like there's some kind of good thing emerging from all of these Mm -hmm. weird complicated shit (laughs) oh
0: yeah when when like you know when she talks about the eternal now it's like very much like allowing life itself to like actually penetrate you so it's not i know it's not just like um like going through life on this kind of like automatic um like okay i'm gonna go get my animalistic instinctual needs met kind of thing um Mm -hmm. she thought like releasing the instincts to a higher spiritual level allowed but still understanding the animalistic like you don't get rid of the animalistic side of the instincts but you understand them and you understand that they're animalistic and then you also have the opposite the spiritual aspect of the instinct when you allow that to exist and you release them in the, from the unconscious um and so now they can become conscious it's like you are more able to be present in the eternal now like the present moment um so then you can actually like dis- dis- be more in touch with like what do i want from this person And um, what am I trying to get from this person? And what is this person giving me? And, you know, what am I doing with myself? Am I valuing myself right now? Am I doing the things that I like? It's kind of being able to be in touch with those types of questions and life as it presents itself to you, then like constantly hating life because it's not what you want it to be and it's not giving you what you want. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs)
2: ouch <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> ouch
0: <laughs> but that's like that was her idea of like feminine work too is i mean for anybody is that type of like deep deconstruction of why you like hate your life essentially <laughs> 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 that's my the best way I can put it after reading like three books <laughs>
2: I love <have> that okay
0: because <laughs> it leads somewhere good but you have to go through like yes. a lot of fucking pain to get to that spot of mm-hmm. and it's like a constant effort it's not like you go through the pain and then you're just like cool I leveled up you know never have to worry about it again you also yeah. have to like keep it in consciousness because it's so fucking easy for things to slip back into the unconscious i think that's even representative in dreams like things falling into water or you like Mm -hmm. you know drowning something like something drowned or like um like things being swallowed by water it's like this thing of like it is going back into the like the the work you're doing is easily just retreating into that slipping Mm -hmm. away
2: from you yeah
0: yeah the Prima materia, which is too, like you know, the aspect of the leaves being on you would be like the um, the blackening of alchemy. And when you start with the blackening of alchemy, it eventually, when you go through all the stages, will give you gold. Um, mm-hmm. it's that process of turning
1: lead into gold. So, symbolically. Yeah. Could be representative of that. Which is kind but of also like here, you, here we have like the autumn is just kind of ending. We are starting to have snow. So that would be kind of also the albedo. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's what that's the season I'm at. I'm mm-hmm. because oh, then spring
0: is, and summer would be that fertility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it could, it could be too that that process, I think that process is like something you, along with the cycle of separating and um, reconnecting and separating, like that goes kind of hand in hand with that is like, it's an incredibly painful and cathartic process, Mm -hmm. Um, which is, I think why like the triangulation dreams are very interesting to keep track of. Because even just since we've been talking about this and even, like, posing it as, like, an idea of something that's important, like, I've just noticed things really shifting in my dreams um, compared to where they were a month ago.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.